welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. In this episode, I chat with Ty Tamel, who is a nightclub owner. He does a lot for charity with Dorset Mind, and we got chatting on Instagram about books as something that he's come to only in the last sort of year or so, which is a very similar story as to sort of how I got into reading and started changing my life through reading. And I see a lot of similarities between myself and Ty, apart from the fact I don't own any nightclubs um, or nice cars, but he's a legend. So I thought I'd best get him on for a chat. So we had this chat down at the podcast labs in Bournemouth. So if you are in Bournemouth and you want to record a podcast, they do have a pretty decent setup. And you'll be able to tell by the sound of this episode that, well, they know what they're doing. Probably more than me. In fact, way more than me. I'm well over a year into this and I still don't really know what I'm doing. But Podcast Labs in Bournemouth, it's in Westbourne. If you're in the area and you want to get your podcast sorted, go and hit them up. But before we get into this episode, just a quick chat from the sponsors. And the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp provide an online therapy service to millions of people around the world, me included. I practice what I preach. I've actually got two therapists now, one person I see in real life and one person on BetterHelp. And the reason that I spend money on therapy is because it's such a worthwhile investment. If you're at all interested in personal growth or self-development, then going to therapy should be something that you seriously consider whether you're just not happy with the way that your life is or you just recognize that there are certain areas that you can improve by chatting to a specialist then therapy is for you as an a need to read listener you will get 10 percent off of your first month by going to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read the link to that will be in the description of this episode And once you've gone through the questionnaire, once you've chosen what kind of therapist you want to speak to, you'll be matched with that type of therapist within 48 hours. And you just don't get that anywhere else. So, what are you waiting for? But now I've got that out of the way, the usual bits of housekeeping. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please do give us a review. If you want to buy any book bags or bookmarks, there are links for those in the description of the episode. But let's get into the chat with myself and Ty. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, three, two, one, go. Ty, welcome to A Need to Read. Thanks very much for agreeing to come on, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. It's uh, it's probably like the, what, third time now that we've met? Second time? Third time. Yeah, in person, I think. Third time, yeah. And you are probably what, Mr. Bournemouth? Is that what we're going to say? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Not self-proclaimed. <laughs> I've been called a lot worse, but I'll take Mr. Bournemouth, yeah. Yeah. Well, you like, I, I've obviously, I've, I've heard of you for years as the mm. man who runs Halo, Samfest, yeah. yeah. events and other such activities, um, which is why it's like, you've done great in business and you've now started reading a little bit more because you've well you've you've become successful in business without reading books so without reading yeah before we get into it and it's probably going to be the first time i hear a lot of this just like how how have you got where you are today what's like how far what's back your story you to start mate go go as far back i remember you telling me the other day how you right, started I'll playing start. chess with your dad yeah i'll start like so i was born in turkey in istanbul my family my mom and dad have both got huge families loads of brothers and sisters mm. Loads of poverty living in, in Turkey. So they kind of moved to England to try and give me a bit of a better life. Um, so I came to London when I was two years old. 
grew up in London till I was about nine and dad had a little like kebab van and he'd try and set up somewhere and the council would move him on because he had no permission and we we kind of lived in uh we had a one bedroom that me mum and dad both lived in if any donna kebab he couldn't sell the night before we'd have for breakfast and lunch the next day it was one of, it was one of them real hustle um and then parts of this obviously i remember parts of it i was too young and then he quickly realized that london was very similar to istanbul so actually not as safe as he thought not as a good lifestyle in those days and in the areas that we could afford to live mm. it wasn't amazing so he used to when he had a day off or an afternoon off he'd drive down the south and try and find like a, a seaside town that i could grow up in yeah and god knows how but he ended up finding swanage out of everywhere Which along the so south rogue. coast Brighton, <laughs> like you know all these places bournemouth he found swanage yeah um so we moved to swanage when i was like 10 and he kind of set up there and probably when i was about 13 14 he started getting building at like a few businesses then like mm. um he had an italian restaurant he had a few wimpy franchises he had like a few bits like all in hospitality so I always, I guess I always grew up around self-employed parents. Like I just presumed you grow up and you set up a business or you take over your family business. Like yeah. no one in our family had studied. No one had been down that route. Um, and yeah, I just, I followed on from him. I tried loads of different things. He was never pushy with me. So he sort of said like, whatever you want to do, you do, I'll support you. Yeah, um, nice. Never pushed me on to any culture, any religion, anything like that. Kind of real, real open-minded guy. Um and I just, like everyone else, mate, watched loads of films, went through loads of stages, wanted to be a doctor at one point, wanted to be a copper at one point, wanted to be a lawyer, I don't know, loads of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then he sort of did say to me, look, study if you can, because no one's had the opportunity. I can give you the opportunity to study. Why don't you go and study? But always through school, and I think we had this chat, I've got a bit of a short attention span. So I mm. kind of struggled a bit at school in yeah. terms of not not like when I could concentrate I was on it I just couldn't concentrate for long I was like oh butterfly and I was, I was out yeah. of the room sort of thing um so tried that a bit tried to get a, a job somewhere else so actually worked at Barclays Bank for a year Ooh, nice when I was 18 to try and he was like look if you don't want to work on a family business like go and do your own thing like I'll support you whatever you want to do and I thought I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put, I want to work in a suit, dad. I want to wear a suit and go to work. Yeah. So I did that for about, I think it was about 10 months. Um, I did really well at it, but it just, it was too repetitive for me. Again, I got bored. And then I went to college and I just basically kept going back to college to study. So I didn't have to work, you know, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. like a, like a South coast version of the stiff meister. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> nice. Whose mum were you shagging? <laughs> I, I, used to call myself, I used to call myself, not what, well, I didn't call myself, but I was called the tie meister a few times. So I kept going back to college um, and I kept going back thinking, right, I'm going to do this. And I've studied business management. I've studied civil law. I've studied loads of this stuff. Never completed the course. Again, I just couldn't concentrate. That wasn't my calling. I, I just sort yeah. of discovered pretty quickly. And I met a guy what I did have a knack for really, really early on is bringing people together. Yeah. It's now labeled as networking, but obviously yeah. then it wasn't called that. And I didn't know that I had this skill, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I was just good at bringing people together and entertaining and making people feel comfortable around each other. So I met a guy called Ilka who actually still works at Halo now. Oh, nice. He was like the a marketing director for a guy that owned loads of clubs in Bournemouth and I started flyering for him. That's kind of how the whole thing started. Um, he was like, oh, do you want to do some flyering at college? Because I had a tap into Bournemouth College yeah. and Paul College. So I started doing that. 
really enjoyed it, really enjoyed the social aspect. And obviously you're young, you can speak to girls and use it as an excuse or, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So I thought, oh yeah, this is a bit of me, this, I like yeah. this. And then, um, and then, but always looking for the next thing. And then I thought, right, now I started selling tickets for Ilka for nights. Yeah. So like if they've got some night on, they might give me a pound per ticket and I sold it and I sold a ticket for a tenner or whatever. Yeah. So I started doing that. And then the natural progression from there for any promoter is to start putting your own nights on. Yeah. So I'd find clubs in town that were on certain nights either shut or really, really quiet. And I'd basically mm. approach them and said, look, I will pay for the DJ and the entertainment. I will bring everyone here. I'll make it busy, but I keep the door money. You keep the bar money kind of thing. Yeah, That's yeah. like the normal promoter split. Um, so I did that in a few clubs. That worked really, really well. I did that for about probably a year and a half. Um, and then I got a job in a little dingy club in Bournemouth called uh, 176. Do you remember 176? No. Nah, Next I mean... to Camel. No, I Do you know, know Camel? You know, I, yeah, I know Camel. It's dangerous. That's There's no way you've never been in Camel. <laughs> no, I've definitely been to Camel like two or three times, but it's been limited at two or three because you'd find yourself there. It's like 5.30 in the morning. Daylight. Just, just life is never good after. No, it is tough, mate. Yeah, that time. <laughs> so I, I, I then sort of went from that marketing element to uh, operations to try and yeah. learn that side of the business as well. Um, so I was a manager there for like nine months, got to grips, only a small club, but I always find you might know this as well. Whenever you work with, if you work in a small business, you learn every aspect of that business. Mm. So you learn generally the, the bones of the business and how it works. If you work in a large business, like I did in Barclays, you're a small cog in a massive machine. And I just, you don't learn anything. You just learn your job. Yeah. You don't actually learn what, how that business runs, but this club was so small and I did everything from rotors to cashing up to ordering like mm. real baits, stuff I don't do now. And I haven't touched in halo for yeah. probably the whole time. If you know what I mean? Um, once I got, a grip of that it kind of just grew from there then i put on bigger events um and, and the opportunity came around to, to to do some bars and clubs and, and halo's opportunity come around and i kind of went from there really it's long long story cut short but um just managed to just take the opportunities that were kind what, of just presented yeah and what i found. did I, I created a lot of opportunities I, i'll be honest i blagged a lot i blagged a lot if you know yeah. what i mean i winged it a lot like mr bournemouth um <laughs> <laughs> And I feel like if you're giving off that energy that I was giving off, it attract you attract what you give off. Right? Yeah. So I was kind of giving off that energy, and, and all these opportunities were coming to me. And I was thinking, shit, like I'm, I opened Halo when I was 24. Bloody so hell! I was, I was a kid. Like I was swimming with sharks. There was like, you know, businessmen that had been around 50, 60 years old that are like absolute machines in their sector. Yeah. I've never seen a contract at this stage. I've never seen a lease. I've never seen anything and I and uh, you know there's a few times along the way that I I nearly lost my shirt because I kind of naively probably trusted when I shouldn't have done yeah yeah but I learned I learned on the job as such and I learned really really quickly um one thing I did do really well is I didn't like when you say you're a promoter to people they sort of write you off you know like yeah. a promoter you think you give out flyers well, unless you're a girl and they're like oh my god you're getting free they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like from a from a financial perspective a promoter earns really, really good money. If you yeah. get it right, if you look at any of the, the big promoters in the town, mm. well, Eddie Hearn's a promoter for a start. Yeah. Like if we're oh, going yeah, yeah. to look at that scale, but let's narrow it right down to club promoters. I'll give you some basic maths. If you've got a club that's a thousand capacity yeah, and you're charging a fiver to get in and it's sold out. So there's five grand, right? And in those yeah. days it's cash. Yeah. So there's five grand. You're paying 250 quid for a DJ and... 250 quid for some flyering in those days. Yeah. 
And then if you can do three of them a week, yeah, sure. you're on footballer money. Yeah. Like you're on prem money, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cash, net, as in in your hand. Obviously up to you what you do with it, but yeah, it's in, in your hand. Yeah, <laughs> shoebox. Um, <laughs> so what I did, because my parents are not from money. They didn't have, they gave me lots of advice, lots of help, lots of unconditional love, mm. loads of support, but no physical money because they didn't have it to give. Yeah. Um, so one thing I did really well is I didn't floss in the early days. Like yeah. I didn't, you see a lot of them, the first 500 quid they get, they'll go and buy a Louis Vuitton belt. Yeah. I didn't do any of that. I genuinely stuffed it under my bed and thought, right, how do I put this into actual business? Like, how do I go about setting, like building something yeah, for myself? Yeah. You know what I mean? So when I get older, that's kind of a, yeah, a like, really short. Like now, now you're older. Now, am I older? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> nah, what are you, 32? You 32 say? I am, yeah. yeah. I'm 32. 24 yeah hey, that yeah. is nuts literally just eight years ago yeah and now the events you kind of run like you've got sand it's, it's, fest it kind of what i tried to do is find a sector that i was happy with and, and what i felt i was quite good at and bolt on everything to that so yeah. in, initially i didn't want to jump and have fingers in loads of i've got fingers in loads of pies but they're generally in hospitality and leisure yeah not in loads a bit more now diverse but so like if you own a club it would make sense to then um build that club brand and use that club brand to do events elsewhere. So we did yeah. events in Ibiza for a summer, you know, yeah. um, it would make sense to do other events. So I did like the charity boxing stuff, yeah. the high end evening withs, the festival, the polo, you know, this sort of stuff just kind of naturally comes from it. Cause you've got yeah. a real strong foundation and you've got a really good team, which I can't take all the credit. Like, yeah, I nowadays I just, I'm more the, face i guess i just talk like this yeah, yeah. well that's <laughs> those guys run it back and they the run original it. sort of networking you're just not yeah. handing out tickets and yeah basically and stuff like that but i just love it i love i love the social element like yeah. i just and there's nothing human interaction for me is like i long for it yeah i think we all do yeah even me and i yeah. fucking hate most humans so. <laughs> <laughs> i'm in your room all day yeah yeah honestly like I, if i meet too many people in a day like i just have to go back to my room and just like breathe slowly and just pretend that I don't exist for like an hour. And then I'm like, Oh cool. I'm back now. It's, it's interesting you say that I get it sometimes, but is that because what they're saying to you and the type of person that is, as I in like, it, if I'm, if I'm meeting people around that are quite negative and quite doom and gloomy, I can meet one of them and it ruins my, and, I, and then I'm like, I take that weight with me. If you know what I mean? Yeah. I've been very good in recent times just to, take note of what the people around me are like and, and it comes from a place of being judgmental which i hate because I, I i try so hard to not be judgmental but if i notice little behaviors that i'm not going to get on with i'll just sort of disappear into the background and kind of just disappear and then run from the door when i get to it because i like, <laughs> like I, that homer simpson meme when he's yeah just yeah just bush. goes back into the bush <laughs> and just pretends he doesn't exist and, and i've got really good at that and I've kind of realized that no one is, it's not really rude. No one really gives a shit when you do that because everyone's focused on the stories that they want to tell to the people around them. And if you're not there, they're not really that bothered because there's still an audience for those people that want to tell these stories and talk to people, the ones that will drain my energy. So I just don't spend time with them. And it's because I like I accepted a while ago. I was like, oh shit, I'm pretty introverted. Yeah. And weirdly nowadays, since I've accepted that, Mostly this year, I've started like, I'll go out and I'll meet new people. I'm like, oh, that actually, that wasn't that bad. Like mm. when we yeah. met for a coffee here or something, or we went to the beach for a dip. And I like, I was coming home and I was like, 
oh, that was great. Yeah. Maybe I should meet new people more often. <laughs> but like, it's a, it's a maximum group capacity of like four. Yeah. Four's good at yeah. that. Four's, four's probably pushing it. But um, see, I never had you for that. Yeah, no one does because obviously, like, my job is very open, isn't it? It's very open. And like, I'm always honest. It's like the two things I kind of accept is like, I'm going to just be honest about everything so I can never be caught out. Mm -hmm. And then that I just like being on my own a lot. And that that's perfectly fine. And I think a lot of people listening to the podcast have like messaged me like, oh my God, I didn't ever realize that I was introverted and that was okay. Because everyone just thinks you're miserable. But really it just means that like the energy I get, like I get energy from these types of conversations. Yeah. It's just, it's me and you in a room. It's one-on-one. -on -one. It's perfect. It's like, it's in my element. But if there were like five or six people in here watching, I'd feel so much like pressure. Or if we were doing like a round table with five or six people, I probably wouldn't speak that much mm -hmm. unless you got me into a subject that was like, Oh, Ed, do you got any books? Like, yes, right, guys. Yeah, yeah. I'll do like a five-minute TED talk and then and then get on my way. Um, I, I think being on your own, being comfortable on your own, is a superpower. Mm, I love being on my own. I'm, I can be in my own company, and I yeah. just I could either get up to stuff like whether that's just plodding around the house doing bits, yeah, or I could sit on my own with nothing and my brain just goes yeah. for an hour. I could I don't know where I am. Like, it's how have you found it over the last year? Like, obviously with Corona and stuff, it's it's a very different life for you. How how has it been? How have you managed it? Because I mean, you're obviously extroverted. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm just trying to think like the best way to sum it up. I, I if I had to explain it, I'd say that I I was on a, I was on a hamster wheel. I didn't realize I was on a hamster wheel chasing a pound note that was hanging that I was yeah. and I thought that if I can get that note or that place or that thing that I'd be happy. Mm. Not realizing at the time, because it's easy to get caught in the rat race, that I was never going to get to that point because I was running on a wheel. Yeah. And I was going to live and die, and my kids were going to live and die, and their kids would live, never get to that point. Um, so I actually, for me, I needed this. I really needed this because yeah. I, can't, I can't switch off if I think everyone else is on. Okay. Bizarrely, like from a, from a business, like I'm not competitive in any sport. I've yeah. never played sport growing up. I'm not competitive. I don't like follow a football team. Yeah. But for some reason in business, I'm very driven. Yeah. Um, so I, it obviously everything closed down and I probably spent the first two weeks a bit like everyone else, like a bit surreal, like, well, this is weird, isn't it? Like I'm in my house. What do I do now? Like my phone's not going off. Yeah. Like, wow. Then I probably spent a month after that, probably a little bit down, to be honest, a little bit like, shit, like this is real now. Like they've just extended that lockdown for another three weeks. Yeah, I've spent 10 years of my life building this setup I've got in Bournemouth, um, away from my family, away from everything. And potentially it's finished, over, gone, whatever. You know, like yeah. all the sort of things go through your head. All the anxiety. Um, yeah, and I just everything. thought like, I have, I'm all or nothing and I have to have a focus. I can't not have a focus. The focus has got to be something, whether that's yeah. like for you reading a book or whatever. For me, it was always business. So I took the business away. So I'm sat thinking, right, what do I do? What do I like? I like fitness generally. Yeah. Like, well, I don't, let me rephrase that. I used to like going to the gym and yeah. lifting some weight. Um, so I spent the time training. I started, I took up running. Yeah. <laughs> I started running like everyone else. Remember the 5K challenge? Yeah, yeah. Fingers everyone, in the air. <laughs> everyone loves 5K. I did the 5K challenge. Um, I always grew up mountain biking in Swanage because it's country. I've somehow now ended up on a road bike, head to toe in Lycra, like one of them people yeah. I swore I'd never be. 
Um, <laughs> I think that's I, the thing. You hit your 30s as a bloke, and then all of a sudden you're in Lycra slapping bums on a Saturday <laughs> with the boys. And it's cool, mate. It's <laughs> yeah. cool. Like, it wasn't, didn't feel cool at 18. And now I think, oh, I'm cool. I've got the best Lycra on. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then swimming. I started swimming in the sea. I, I basically just did loads and loads of fitness because I thought that was my focus, right? Like, I started running, and within six weeks, we'd completed a marathon. So yeah. I couldn't run 2K when I first started because <clears throat> I just thought, right, all or nothing, done that, tick. It's like one of those things yeah. in my head. Then swimming, I couldn't swim groin to groin. Then I wanted to complete peer to peer. We'd done that tick sort yeah. of thing. And I just worked through that. And then I think March 2020, we've had this chat about books. I kind of discovered I never really had a love for books. I made out I never had time to read. Yeah. You always can make time, but obviously it's what yeah, you prioritize, yeah. right? Good. Well, nice, I, nice. Well said. Well said. I'll take I, um, <laughs> now. <laughs> no, it's true. I always said, oh, I don't have time to read. I'll read when I'm retired. And that was yeah. generally my mindset. Like, I'll do that when I'm retired. I'll do that when mm. I'm old i'll do that when i'm um and where my short attention span i really struggled to read because i'd read a chapter and i'd forgotten what's happened in the beginning yeah so i couldn't read fiction i'd have to read like i'd have to read books that were short sharp and stuff with takeaways i couldn't read like a fairy tale because i'd forget mm. what's happened in the beginning and i think the first book i read was a book bizarrely called 48 laws of power Oh, the Robert Greene one. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, I and think o- yeah, we spoke about this. Yeah, today. only because it was a tiny little book and every page was a power. So I thought, yeah. oh, that's all right. I'll read one page. I can put it down. And I could relate to it. Um, I said to you before that when I was a kid, my old man used to, I didn't realize at the time, but now it kind of all makes sense. He used to teach me, make me do loads of things. When I say make me do loads of things, nothing mm. bizarre, but like little things like... <clears throat> If we're at a restaurant, he'd make give me the money and make me go up and order. Yeah. And I'd get so embarrassed and so annoyed with him. Like, Dad, you're the dad. Why am yeah. I going up to order? But actually, he was kind of preparing me for to be independent, to be confident, to be yeah. outgoing, which I realize now. And we played a lot of chess from very, very young age, like eight, nine years old. Yeah. He'd, he'd teach me chess and he'd speak in Turkish and, and try and relate every move of a of one of them to, to like a life story or how yeah, to act. And, and that's so cool. Really cool. At the time I thought it was really not cool, yeah. but now he, um, he, there was always this thing in Turkish that translates to think twice, act once. And he yeah. drummed that into me as we played chess to, to, to try. And I guess maybe he noticed that my brain was a bit quick yeah. and he was trying to slow it down so I could take a breath and think about my actions. Um, but yeah, so that 48 laws of power really resonated with me. Then I went on to read ego is the enemy. Yes. Yeah. That's Great. my first proper book I read. Yeah. And I just started with five pages a day. I've said, right, I've set myself a target, small challenges. Yeah. And I, you know, like almost like a small habit. So I picked up, read five pages, put it down, didn't read for four, five days. I thought, oh, that was a little bit full yeah. on. Wiped out. <laughs> <laughs> full on, like running a marathon, that was. <laughs> and then read another five pages. And before I know it, like now, I, I'm reading two books a month. Yeah. Roughly. So I, I now. I make time, like my diary, the entry in my diaries now, without fail, has some sort of self-development. Yeah. So whether that's a book or a podcast, every day, an hour at least, yeah. and some sort of exercise every day, an hour at least. Yeah. Sometimes more, most of the time more because I get caught into it. Yeah. They're like the first entries now. Like I value that above all else. Like if, if and I've done a status about this on Instagram, if I... If a meeting clashes with my daily exercise, I will not take that meeting anymore. Yeah. If that's, this is not me. If you if, if I was sat here a year ago, I would not be saying this. That's so cool. I think it like it it takes 
well, I think this pandemic slowed a lot of people down and not and people used to think slowing down was a bad thing. I'm a massive advocate for it. Like there's a Chinese philosophy called Taoism mm-hmm. and like the whole sort of point of it is just slowing down and doing nothing. Like it's just non-interference with the universe, which I was like, what, this book is telling you to do nothing? Sign me up. <laughs> and And I think I feel so much better if I'm just like booking things into my diary and it's going to get in the way of the things that I like doing. That's not the life I want. I'd like you have to place yourself above your work, mm-hmm. even when it becomes your job to like, like you run your own job. Like I, I run my own job and it's yeah. very easy for me. It's like get carried away booking things in and I'm like, oh, hold on. I'm not even doing the things I like anymore. That's not the point. That's not why I started this. I started this with a vision of like, well, just like creating and designing your own life. Yeah. So I can be slow. I can do things that I like doing. If I want to go for a two-hour walk in the morning and jump in the sea, like I can do that, and it's not going to be me turning up at ten and someone, oh, you're an hour late for work. Yeah. Well, what 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 do you deem as success in your head? For me, literally being able to do things freedom like this. Yeah, is what you're explaining. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, it's like it's being able to do things like this when you but, want, what you want, with who you want. Exactly, and not in a sense of like I used to think it would be like. I just want fucking freedom. I just want to do what I want. But really, it's like you you obviously have to find a balance. Yeah. But success for me is like I've found this podcast and I don't want to stop it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get to a certain age where I stop doing this. I'd love to be like 60 to sit around a table with a few mates and like imagine how wise I'm going to be at 60. It's going to be a joke. Yeah. How old are you, Ed? <laughs> 26. Yeah, mad. Mad. Like, I'll learn how to remember everything from books by then probably. No, but like 26. <laughs> like if I think at 26... I'm allowed to swear on here, aren't I? Oh, mate, do what you want. 26 years old, I've, I've one of the biggest clubs in town, I, ultimate fuck boy, if you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. Like, into brands, into cars, into, because like, 26 years old, for you to, I think, be where you are, how aware you are, mm. I think it's fascinating. Thanks, mate. Personally. It's, it is weird, and I do forget it sometimes. I'm like, sometimes I feel like I'm an old fart, and then I'm like, actually, no, like, I quite like this. And then yeah. I'll speak to people that are a bit older than me, like, oh, I can't believe you think like this already. I'm like, what do you mean already? And then, like, my mum said it ages ago. She was like, you're doing the stuff what people usually do at 40, mm-hmm. which is where they realise that they're doing all this stuff that they don't like doing in their life. And they just put a hard stop on it. And they have this, like, midlife crisis. I'm like, I had my midlife crisis at 24. Yeah. But, I mean, I suppose if I die at, what, 48... Yeah. Then it was a midlife crisis, but we've got a few years left to see if <laughs> to see if that's going to be the case. Yeah. Um. But it's it's such a odd thing because obviously I try and tell people how to live almost without mm. actually telling people, but I want people to see that it's so possible to just slow down. All of the stuff that they think really really matters doesn't matter that much. Like when I first started like earning money with a need to read. I was like, oh my God, money. And then I started chasing it for about three weeks. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Nah, I don't want to fall into that trap again. So like even now, if I I don't spend time on Instagram, I'm not really getting money. But I also know if I spend too much time on Instagram, I get sad. So for like the last like two weeks, I've hardly really touched it. People don't really notice that I've not touched it, but I've like my screen time dropped by like 65% last week. Wow. That's good. And That's uh, good. which like is amazing because usually I'm like it's up seven, and then those seven percent increases every week over like yeah. a month. It's gets up to like six, seven hours a day. Do you not think it's mad now when you think about it? Like 
in the old days, for you, I say the old days, but I guess 15, 20 mm. years ago, for you to be a person that could give life advice, give any sort of advice, society would expect you to be 60, 70, 80 years yeah. old, done it and got the t-shirt. Yeah. I love now that you kind of, I guess it's down to these, right? The internet. Yeah. Because the knowledge is so readily available, books, internet, all this sort of stuff. You've got yourself, you're 26 years old. Nah, it's pretty mad, isn't it? Like, if you take a step back from yourself and look what, you, look what you've achieved and what you're doing, you're 26 years old and there's 30, 40, 50, 60 year olds watching your Instagram, listening to your podcast, getting advice from you. But if, you, if we took it back to just in time as a concept, they've lived double your age. Yeah. They've seen, well, maybe not seen double what you've seen, but like, I just think it's fascinating now that... Yeah. I think it's because I've never bought into that, though. I've never... What, the age? The, the, yeah, the sort of I've never been... Experience like over a, age is, yeah. is where you... Yeah. Well, not even, not even that. It's just like, I think from where I went into the Marines, like when I left school, I was told that I had to respect these people because they had particular patterns on a piece of fucking cloth. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as I left, I was like, shit, I don't need to... I don't need to listen to anyone. No one's going to make me do press-ups anymore. I'm not going to run and jump in a pile of mud. I'm not going to have to get you cold. You went from ultimate authority, though, didn't you? To, to, like, to like nothingness. And then when I started working in jobs, people would like talk to me as if they were like demanding respect. And I was like, hold on, isn't like, why should I fucking respect you? Why should I listen to you? And I'm like, I just started asking those questions. Yeah. I remember when I started like doing like car sales when I left the Marines. <laughs> and some guy was like, well, Try and get your first Rolex. Yeah, oh, well, selling Voxels. There's no chance. <laughs> no one wants to buy them. No. Um, and the guy was just like, "Oh, we'll do some press ups, Marine boy, and stuff like that." And I was like, "Oh, who do you think you're talking to? Like, we're both people." Yeah, of course. And, and that's the kind of like attitude that I've had is like, everyone is person, and maybe someone's 15, they've had a load of life experience, but they've never experienced the stuff that I've experienced, and like, I'm never going to experience the stuff that you've experienced because everyone's such an individual, and everyone has stuff to offer whether they recognize it it or not yeah it's so complex and it comes down to context and perspective yeah so we could live the same thing me and you yeah but our perspective is completely different what we've taken from that situation how we've sort Mm. of understood it and you know um digested it is so different yeah so then when you explain your situation and how you went through that it might just it might just resonate with someone that my wouldn't my story wouldn't, yeah you know what i mean and you you take like the pandemic everyone's lived through this it's kind of been similar for most people but everyone's ta- taken something different from it and there'll be people now that we're coming out the other side of it and they'll be like oh i didn't do anything with the pandemic what's the fucking point but it's like no it's, you can still do stuff with it you just start now there's no point worrying about what happened before and i I've, like i started reading this like old classic book called a brave new world by aldous huxley yeah and he got heavily criticised for being like a an idol for Adolf Hitler because okay. of this book. Because a lot of the stuff that Hitler was trying to do with like testing on twins and stuff like that, I think some of the inspiration of, was said to have come from A Brave New World. So he got heavily criticised. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, the best thing to do, like if someone's tarnished your name or something like that, is just to get up, dust yourself off. And he's like, rolling in the muck is not the best way of getting clean. I like that. So like, at whatever stage, yeah, you're like, cool. oh, I haven't done enough. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's like, there's no point flapping about about what you haven't done. It's just about like looking forward. I'm like, cool, so what can I do now? And what I've come to realize recently, because I, I, I used to hate goal setting. Goal setting was like my worst activity because I just didn't, I wasn't positive for the long term. I would just have like a weekly target and that would just be to do with sales or something. Yeah. But it's about like, what's the big goal 
what's the smallest possible step I can make today to like go towards that change? And usually like tick one thing off. And for people that there'll be people listening that avoid goal setting as well, because they'll be in the exact same position that I was of like, I don't fucking know what I'm going to do in my mm. life. I don't know what's going on. And I think it was at the stage where I just, I dropped the concern for what the future would look like long-term because dropping the concern dropped my like pessimism about it. Yeah. And I just like stopped. I went off to Australia. Not everyone's going to be able to drop everything and go traveling, but it's about the less pressure you have on yourself. It's kind of like a bit of a paradox, really. The less pressure you have on yourself, kind of like the better you do. It it goes back to what we said the other day when we're doing that filming, like comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. That pressure that you feel, that pressure that I felt that I'm now no longer feeling anymore, that's, for me, that's man-made pressure. That doesn't yeah. exist. Or, sorry, human-made pressure is probably yeah. more politically correct. Oh, mate. Is <laughs> <laughs> human-made pressure. Like, it doesn't exist. We we make that up as society. Yeah. Like, who, who Who is someone to tell me that I need to be married by this age or I need to have kids or you can't go traveling at 30 yeah. or you can't sack your job in at 40 and your marriage and start again? Yeah. Who are they to tell you that? Who's made this rule book up? It's your yeah. life. You live it once. You live it how you want to live I'll it. I'll tell you, as it's capitalism, mate. Mm, capitalist yeah. scum yeah, deep now <laughs> yeah let's get political yeah. Yeah. no it's some um, sign up for this <laughs> it is it is weird though because whether people like it or not and they'll be like oh that's a bit like people would associate those kind of conversations of society telling you particular ways as like quite a leftist point of view but in reality like that is exactly what it is is society's telling you something there's mm-hmm. societal norms that we adhere to pretty much every single day people want money because they want a thing and they want an experience because they feel they need money. Like when I was in Bali, I'd drive past people in the morning, like 60-year-olds who were just picking rice in the field who looked way happier than I've ever been. Yeah. I, I actually, um, I can't remember if I said to you or not, but I flew out to Turkey once to, to can't remember what we are doing, but um, I was probably in, what I, I was probably 26 years old, so what I felt, I'd had the club for three years, we just won our first award, Everything was booming. I was I was earning the best I've ever earned in my life, sort of thing. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I'm the happiest I've ever been. Did it, and I was just having a bit of a, a wobble at that period. And I went to Turkey for something. Can't remember. I think it was like a business meeting I had to do for my dad because he couldn't make it. And got picked up from the airport in this S class. I'm in the back of this Merc, being driven to the to the offices. And I've looked out the window, and we're going for a really really poor neighbourhood in Istanbul. Yeah. And I've looked out the window in this unbelievable calm setting in my lovely tailored suit you know like everything you think is success and i see two kids a little girl and a little boy no shoes on like ripped clothes and they've got a tomato box and the other one's got a rope that's tied to it and he's pulling her down the hill of this road yeah and they're honestly the laughter the joy the happiness in their faces and you can see and i'm sat in what what's deemed in society as a pinnacle of life being shown yeah. in an S class, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I remember texting my missus going like, sent a photo, I took a photo of it. I've got it saved on my computer. It's on my yeah. thing, that photo. I keep referring to it. And I sent it to her and I said like, what's wrong with me? Like I've got everything anyone could want. I've got food over my head, not ever happy, healthy, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I'm just not, look at these kids. They're so happy. I'm not happy. Yeah. Like, I thought I was happy, but I wasn't happy because I was just making that pressure of society. You've got to achieve. You've got to earn this. You've got to have this size house. You've got to have this car. Yeah. You've got to be wearing this watch. Keeping up with the Joneses. What's it for? Yeah. And, and the, you know that Daily Stoke book that I read? Yeah. You know, it was two days ago. It was that. It was exactly that. 
Yeah. He said, much. like, count your blessings. Don't keep up. Don't try and keep up with the Joneses was the exact yeah. quote in there. And it's, it's sort of just. Maybe I saw that. Maybe that's why it's in my head. Yeah. Like, it was literally I, three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 what's it all for, basically? I was, sort yeah. of, I was sort of scratching my head for the rest of that few days I was out there. Like, what am I really doing this for? No fucker's going to remember me five years after I'm dead anyway. Like, let's be real. Yeah. Like, can I affect those around me positively? Currently, that's ultimate success for me. Yeah. However, you know, deem that as, as you will. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what I'm chasing now, I guess. Yeah. How do, how do you find, like, how do you find that to chase? I was going to ask you the you same ha- thing. Are you happy with that? Like, are I'm, you ha- I'm, I don't know, like helping someone or people without expecting anything in return the fulfillment and joy that gives me is like nothing else i've ever felt yeah not from making any money or buying anything i've wanted now part of that's probably selfish right you know i do all this it all comes from i do all this like ego again i do all this charity stuff and and i think yeah i'm helping everyone but actually i'm helping myself feel better Mm. in a way yeah, but then you know I don't know. There's 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 the argument both sides, isn't there? I think I'm like, selfish, but is it if it's doing good, then is it okay to be that kind of selfish? Absolutely. Do you understand know what I mean? I, they, I think there's no such thing as like true altruism. Like the best thing you can do right now is be selfish in that way, right? Because you could just be selfish in the other way, That's, which means yeah. no one really gets helped. Yeah, and people are getting helped, so there's positive knock-on effects of it. I always say, like, as long as you can kind of accept that in general, most of us are just like bits of piece of shit who just kind of want to just have to do as much as we can to be good. That's a win. Of course. And ultimately, we, we, we're we wired to look after ourselves. Yeah. Like, and anyone that doesn't say that is is, is not being truthful with themselves. Yeah. So yeah, you've yeah. got to accept that. And I was going to ask you the same thing. You know, you do you get joy out of this podcast because you're helping others, do you think? Other things I I started spreading the you know what I mean like I started it for selfish reasons I started it because I wanted to just see how far it would go yeah. I had a good feeling about it yeah and also all my mates were fed up with hearing me talk about books so no one was listening to me anyway so I was like well this there is it can't like, go wrong <laughs> like if I look at the statistics like it's probable that some people are going to give a shit about it mm-hmm. and like lucky i was right in that kind of hunch but it's right like helping people makes you feel good for a long time though i ignored it and i wouldn't let myself feel good for it because you like, felt like you're doing like morally felt correct incorrect didn't it yeah yeah and I'm, like, I'm not really doing anything i'm just saying like read these books because they kind of make me feel a bit better and i'm like everyone that like listens to the podcast like if i if i actually spoke to them for like 15 20 minutes i'm like i can see bits of me in you and that's what I want to help and like, my mate Sinead is like right why do you want the podcast to be because I don't know it'd be cool like it would be cool to have a million downloads it'd be cool to have like 500,000 downloads a week that would be really cool yeah and she's like but why and I was like well I used to just fucking hate myself and I feel like a lot of people don't really like themselves but aren't willing to admit it and I just want to show people that it's fine to actually admit it and it's fine to do something about it mm-hmm. So like for me, it's like I was lost and then I was found and that was through reading. So I'm just like trying to find a bunch of lost people. Yeah. And whether or not they listen to like every episode of the podcast, or they just dip in every now and then. It's out of my hands as soon as I've clicked like upload. Of course. 
It's in the universe. Yeah, it's just that like whoever finds it finds it, and if it's helpful, that's great. I always, you'll notice, like once a day, maybe I'll put some sort of quote up or a passage from a book or something mm. similar to you on my Instagram story, and everyone's like, "Why do you share all these quotes? You love all these quotes." And I just think like I actually share them selfishly because when I read something in a day that really resonates with me, that helps me have a good day, or think about something that I wasn't aware of, I think, do you know what? That's really helped me. I wonder if I put it out there, if one person reads this quote today mm. and doesn't swipe past it, but it changes their outcome of their day. Yeah. That's cool. That's Done. sweet. Yeah. Like, good and place the, to and be. And it's the most of people that that really positively impacts will never tell you. They don't know. Like now and then you get the old, in, you know, it's like you get the inbox and someone just completely opens up and you yeah. think, wow, okay, I'm going to do more of this. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. Is it's, it's nice well, it's nice to be nice. It's nice to help people. And I don't think you can help people in a non-selfish way. Because, mm. like, at some point, the way that the world works, you have to be reimbursed for the way in which you help the world. Karma. Cut what well, money. It's people saying thank you. Yeah. Like, no one just it, does stuff and won't accept good feedback. Because no one's course. that much of an altruist. Like, I think a true altruist would do something and then just not accept the thank yous, not want to hear it and just be well, like, no, I'm just doing my job. There's two elements, isn't it? There? There's what I said earlier, like that if you're helping someone and expecting nothing in return, that's helping them. Yeah. If you're helping someone expecting something in return, that's actually business. Yeah. That's a transaction, if yeah. you know what I mean. Like if I think, right, Ed's asked me to do this, I'm going to do this because I might get that. Really, that's a shit house thing to think in my head because I'm, yeah. I'm no longer now helping you. I'm thinking of a, an outcome for myself. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's such a strange thing. Because like, did I tell you about that Go Giver book that I've read? Uh, or have you listened to that episode? I haven't listened to that one yet. It basically is about some guy who's he, he works in a business and he's trying to get his reach his quarterly sales target. And all he wants to do is just take, 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 take. And what he thinks is what he can take from the world. And I think that's quite like a... In business, that's the thing is people want to start business, they want to go in, they want to just do the job, get out, take what they can from it. When it's like, right, what can you give? And like I was saying about my girlfriend yeah. earlier, how she wants to like, got this plan to go and like do this with the business. And when she first told me about it, I was like, yeah, that's cool. But like, what do you want to actually do? Like, what are you trying to give out for this? Like, what what is the change that you want to make? And then we worked it out. We worked out like she didn't like how things were running one of the businesses that she used to work for and how she wanted to change it. And she wanted to give people a different experience sure, of that side of the world. So it's like she, people think in quite a masculine energy kind of way of like, this is what I want to do. I want to take it. But when you actually break down what you want, everyone has this kind of like soft approach of things that they want to change and mm -hmm. things that they don't feel are right. And they want to change that about the world. And people don't realize that most people want to change the world in their own little way. They but probably... it takes a little bit of digging to work out how you want to do it and why you want to do it. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of us, whether we choose to admit it, just want to be accepted. Yeah, 100%. Or, or want your parents to be proud. Or want, yeah. You know, there's there's an underlying something there that yeah. we don't think of. But actually, like you said, if you peel it all back, yeah, you can get to... Well, it's like, it's like Suzuki or someone. They are like... Japanese, they just, I'm saying Japanese, and I don't know why, that's just where they're from, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, maybe. But they ask why five times before they make any big decisions, because then they understand, like, the root cause of it. So if I like... That's interesting. Right, I want Ty to come on the podcast. Why? Because it'll be a good chat. Why? Yeah. Because you haven't read all your life, and, and now you've started reading it, it's so like, why? And now we're going into your territory of, like, why have you done that? That's what I want to know. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, I see 
little bits of maybe like I didn't used to read. And it's like, essentially, the probably the thing is, is like, probably just want to be mates. Yeah, yeah. Like, for sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And not to like lick your ass, but like if, if you actually dig deep, you're like, fucking hell, that's the reason I did that. Yeah. Isn't that mad? I don't have a fucking clue who I am. If you don't ask those why questions. For sure. And it's like, have you started journaling yet? So I think, I, yeah, you have. I have. So I, I started the 1st of Jan, um, a, like a weird little one that was a five-year memory book. So you, oh, yeah, you yeah. write five lines and then every, you can do a year. And then I sort of started that. And about five weeks ago, four weeks ago, I thought, right, I'm going to upgrade to a big boy now, if you know what I mean. And now yeah. I've got an actual, I took your advice. I didn't get more many dates on. I've just got yeah. a notebook. I write a date and I just write. But I've, I have got some form of OCD and I like systems. Mm. Um, so every entry in there has like the first bit is the same. It's like a weird thing in my head. Like, I don't know what exercise I've done that day or what I recovered on my bloody whoop or what, you know, like yeah, a few yeah. bits on there that I like every to see. Cause yeah. I want to look back in a few years and see, and then I start brain dumping, talking about stuff. And, and I actually was writing in that the other day, pretty much exactly what you said about, um, you realize more and more as time goes on, you pretty much attract you, you are drawn to and you attract exactly what you are. Yeah. So if you look around you, look around at who was there and now isn't and who wasn't and now is. Yeah. There's a bit of a tongue twister, but I wrote it down. It made yeah, sense. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, if you have a look and if you look at your group of mates that you went to school with, like I, I, I think of all the different groups I've been with and not been with and who's around me now and who's around me then. And, you know, people say this thing, you've changed, you've changed. And I was journaling about this the other day. I actually, I've taken a path in my life and they've taken a path in their life. Everyone around them suits the path they've chosen. So yeah. they're with the right people. And yeah. everyone around me suits the path I've chosen. Yeah. I'm with the right people. Yeah. It doesn't mean I don't like them. It doesn't mean they're not my mates anymore. Yeah. Like if they needed something, I'm there and vice versa. You know, will they be at my wedding? Yes. It's one of those sort of things. But, yeah. and I was just kind of spitballing about that, but it, yeah, it went weird. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a common theme of people that come on this podcast. Like whenever we get onto this kind of subject is like, they have changed their friendship groups over time. And I think a lot of people actually struggle with that. People struggle to come to terms with the fact that they can't be friends with everyone that they're friends with when they were 16. And so it's like you you can you can leave friendship groups and it doesn't mean that you have to have some bitter fallout with mm. these people. It's not because they think they're better than you or you think you're better than them. It's just because you're different people and it really doesn't matter. Of course. Like in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter that you're different to the person that you were when you were 26. Of course. Of course I'm different though. Like I'm developed. I'm yeah. growing. Yeah. Like it's growth. Like if they've stayed in the same place, that's, I can't be my, you know, yeah. I, I can't be held against me. Yeah. Everyone goes at their own pace as well. Of course. And like you, can, I respect you can't that. show them. And the, the good thing about what, I like the fact that for you, you were saying about this the other day, most people that follow you, follow you because of the cars, because of the suits, because yeah. like you'd be stepping the out flash of the car. Stuff, and yeah, the flash yeah, stuff. Yeah. The nightclub owner vibe and in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're bringing out this kind of like, and I was thinking about this in the car, like a, a softer side. Mm. And I think most blokes would hate the word soft, but like, it doesn't mean that you're actually like, I, I love soft the word in the sense of the word, but it just yeah. means that it's a, a bit more chilled out, a bit more, more fucking like kind. Yeah. If you, look at, if you look at my grid, even this is a like prime example, just scroll to pre March 2020, pre COVID, yeah. and look at the type of posts that was on there. Yeah. And then you look at the next, it's, it's like a 2.0 version of me. Yeah. Now, I've spent the last year upgrading myself physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever. 
you, you can't like I don't think you can beat that. Yeah, and it's a non-stop process as well. I think yeah, like, I'll never get to where I want to go, but yeah, and but, it, but, but that well, gives me something to chase still. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Like I, I have to have that. Yeah, focus. What am I trying to achieve? Yeah, it is mad because like a, when I first started reading like philosophy books and things and like Buddhism or a bit more like Eastern philosophy, I was like, oh my god, I'm so whole as a person. I don't need to do all of this thing for development because the one thing I don't like about the personal development world is like no one's ever told that like they're actually all right as they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's difficult to find a balance. Like it's really, really difficult to be like. I am so okay as a person, but I've got things to improve. But it's like going back to like that one percent method. That's that's the kind of improvements people need to be making. As long as they're kind of moving forward, like it's okay. Yeah. But course. it's also okay to go back one every other like every other weekend or something. Have a have a day where they've just done nothing. Like oh, what have I done? This comes back to rolling in the muck. Like there's no point. Well, beating yourself up about slowing down too much of anything becomes negative doesn't it so, yeah like to an extent so you know you're advising people to read it's really really good but then sometimes like now i have to take a breath because i said to you i've got two more books delivered this morning right yeah all of a sudden i've kind of realized there's not enough years left in my life to read all the books i want to read because i started reading so late i started reading at 31 yeah so now now it's gone the other way and sometimes i'm getting anxiety thinking oh no, what book do I read next? I need to quickly finish this because I need to want to read that one. Yeah. Then I've got to take a step back and go, whoa, like you've started reading for not this reason. You've started yeah. reading for this reason. Like just reset and, and relax and go again sort of thing. I do the same thing. <laughs> like I, I, I overwhelm myself yeah, that's with it. the books that are in my house because I've, I've probably got about 150 books just in my room. And I, I wake up first thing and see is a book. I'm working, all I see is books. And it got to a stage a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I'm fucking bored of it. So yeah. I was like, right, I just need to read something that I want to do because I want to write books. Like that's like the, the end goal for me is to probably do the podcast like once a week. I'll go and record like eight episodes in one week and then I'll have seven weeks where I'm just like doing nothing and writing and stuff because I like, I like the life of an author. It looks cool. Sounds cool, doesn't it? Yeah. You just sit there for a couple of hours a day and you write and then... If someone asks you what you're doing, I'm like, I'm just emotionally recovering from my writing session. I had to go somewhere pretty dark. It was crazy. <laughs> you write the shit in your head and you get paid for it. Sounds yeah, perfect. Exactly. Yeah. You just make up stuff yeah. for a living. <laughs> just lie on pages about yeah. lives that never happen. Um, but where was I going with that? So I started just reading novels and I don't really renew not review novels on the podcast. Like I'll do an episode every now and then. So yeah. you just ruin stories. If you, if you talk yeah, about yeah. it too much, you'll, you'll ruin all the surprises in there. So I like to build up like eight novels, but I've read two novels over the last couple of weeks and I've started reading this book on writing. That's really good. But even though it's a book on writing, it applies in to life so mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And it's called bird by bird um, by Anne Lamont. And the bird by bird, the title comes from when her brother was like 13, 14. He was having like a mental breakdown in the house because he just couldn't finish this assignment that he was having to write on loads of different types of birds. And so I was like, why are you worried? Like, you just have to do it bird by bird. You just I have like to that. break break yeah. it down. And I was like, fuck. All I have to do is sit down every day as a non-negotiable and write a paragraph. Mm. And then all of a sudden I'll have a book in like six, seven months time. And it's, it's so much easier to be like, right, I'm just going to do a couple paragraphs today. But you get in the flow, so it, it flows a little bit nicer. But it's it's like everything in life. If you were like, right, I'm going to go for a run. It's like, right, well, I'm just going to go for a mile. You'd be bored if you just stopped for a mile, so you just go for two. Yeah. 
and it it compounds. It's as well. an addiction. The pro the progression. I think it's wired into our DNA naturally. It might yeah. not be always in the same field. Someone might have it in something else. Um, but I think we're always, without realizing, striving for something. I don't know, like a, yeah, there's something there yeah. in space that we're aiming for that but we're never we going to get to. Yeah, we want to be the most desirable person for the people in the tribe around us so that they choose us to mate with. Mm. And then you get to plant your seed or like carry on your genes. You got, you've traveled quite a bit in your head. I've done a lot of holidays, I would say. I wouldn't say I've done like the grotty kind of traveling that everyone you. sort of romanticizes, but I just think it's a bit gross. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it's never appealed to me, I must admit. Um, but like books, you either travel, right, and you see the world and you get a wealth of experience and different cultures and different understandings and awareness and, and you know, learn a little bit about every religion, yeah. learn a bit about every culture, take the good bits out of all of it, or you read. Yeah. So... Why wouldn't everyone read? I know that's what you yeah. always, you're a champion for that, for saying yeah. that. But why wouldn't you? Like I've discovered it, I'm, I'm only a year into reading, like I'm yeah. a baby in it. But I'm learning stuff that I'd, I'd have to literally have a spare five million quid in 30 years to travel the world to learn yeah. in, what, four or five hours of reading. Yeah, yeah. It's and mental. Like, and you break it down, 20 minutes a day. It's enough. Three days, it's an hour. Like if you're doing it over a month, that's two books, like yeah. you said. And, yeah. it, and it's it's literally ten, ten pages that. a day. Most books are three hundred pages. So yeah. every month you've got a book. Yeah. Twelve books a year. Stick a podcast in now and then or a or a audio book. You're yeah. Done. And especially like if people listen to this podcast, which obviously they do if they're listening, <laughs> like I'll break it down so they can know which books are kind of like worth reading. Even if it's me giving my opinion saying this is not worth reading, but they've kind of like the sound of the stuff that I've overviewed. Like they can do it. And here's the thing. But do you ever ditch a book? Because if you're, if you're early in it, I imagine you're like, I want to read it cover to I, cover. I'm My OCD kicks in here, but I have. I've recently ditched a book only because it was not what I thought it was. It's a great book, yeah. but it was a very practical book. And okay. I didn't want to get up and do stuff. I just wanted to read it. What was that? I don't know if I should say it on here. What? <laughs> the book. I don't know if I should say what the book is. Shall I? <laughs> yeah. I think it was called Get Comfortable Being Uncomfortable. Um, Let me have a look. I've got it on my thing. But basically what the book was, it was... Oh, I know. Ben Aldridge. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel really bad for saying that because I... We inboxed each other a bit on Instagram. He's yeah. a lovely guy. But what I thought the book was about, I use that phrase a lot. That's yeah. a phrase I love. And I always yeah. say it, say it to the team, say it to my yeah. friends, my family. But I presumed it was about resilience and about like getting through stuff. Yeah. And it was, but how it was, was every chapter, I don't know if you've had a look at it. You had like three pages of stuff, his thoughts on something. Yeah. Then you had like a an challenge. activity to do. But yeah. Some of the activities lasted six weeks before you meant to read the next bit. Yeah. So you I was like, I, I, I you put do your own challenges down. as well. Yeah. That's the thing is I like I've so I've I've read probably this similar amount of you of that book and I and I am meaning to speak to Ben and like go up and and have a chat with him on the podcast because mm. he's, he's got stuff to offer. Like a, I think I read the first twenty percent of the book on my Kindle. I did, I did the same, and I was like, I, I started missing the challenges, and yeah. then I thought kind of defeats the object. This this guy's like spent his time putting his challenges together. Yeah. So I thought when I've got when I feel like I can make time for it, I'll come yeah. back to it's, it. It's good for people who haven't got the initiative to think of their own ways in which to challenge themselves. Mm. For people that are just exposed to that kind of life of like, you're like, right, running's my thing. This is your, you implement all these different I things. I just like to try shit, mate. Like, yeah. like we obviously we did jujitsu the other day for the first time. Yeah. I'm one of these random guys 
that just wants to try everything in life once yeah. at least like yeah why wouldn't you it, it, like i know why why, why wouldn't you <laughs> i know, you know what i mean it's uh it's frustrating that people don't have that mindset but then also some people are happy not trying stuff and you can't tell people what of course, to do. Yeah, what I mean. guess it's unfair because effectively we're now putting pressure on people to try everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, don't don't to... feel pressure, guys. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You but don't need to feel pressure. I just think like if we're on the planet of sane mind for 60 years, because mm. your first 10 years you're a kid and maybe your last 10 years you're, you're not all there, whatever, I don't know, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I never really thought of it like that. So you're, you're sort of 60 years to, 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 to live yeah. fully functioning if you're lucky. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, What's just try for? things yeah try i always anything. like say that with like hobbies like i never used to bother with hobbies and now i'm trying to i'm trying to coin this phrase of end of the world hobbies so like you know how the world kind of ended last year for a little bit yeah and all of the stuff that people love doing is like a hobby they couldn't do anymore yeah so now i have all these hobbies that i can do on my own because jujitsu was my only hobby at the time and that's all i like doing i couldn't do it because i couldn't see yeah people. yeah you couldn't see anyone yeah so i was like right what are these hobbies that i do and i was like oh actually reading's one of them so mm -hmm. that's cool even though it's like now my job it is still something that i really enjoy doing surfing like if the world ended there would still be waves that i could go and find and yep. i wouldn't have to worry about crashing into anyone which would be great yeah <laughs> um like skateboarding running all of these different things that you do on your own i think they're really good to get into because if everything went shit, if everyone in your life started to hate you or if everyone around you died or if something happened where you just wanted to isolate yourself and move off into a log cabin in Norway, you'd still be able to do all of these things. Yeah. I and you're not reliant on anyone else and it's just you versus you, which I think is a healthy thing to get into anyway. Does that go back to your point, though, of being comfortable being on your own? Mm, if you were really, someone that wasn't yeah. comfortable on your own, would you still be able to do them hobbies alone? Like, yeah. like I speak to people and they go, oh yeah, you know, I'd love to run or I'd love to cycle. But I just, I just got no one to go with. So but that's like, those people need to do it the most. Cause like, what are they fucking scared of being on their own for? Or, or is that just an excuse? Yeah. I think it's a bit of both. Isn't yeah. It? Is that what they're telling themselves to make them feel better? Yeah. About not doing it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So you put that book down because you do your I own put that book down. Yeah. I put that book down. I think Ryan Holiday's Ego is the Enemy was probably a pinnacle book it was the first proper book i'd read but l the real life-changing book for me because it made me really really aware of how much of the bad type of ego i had yeah because I, but you, it's hidden mm -hmm. when you think ego you think narcissist yeah but there's so many egos like we were just saying about even like all the charity work i do is a type of ego yeah you know giving back to people is a type of ego yeah really yeah but it was quite good for you to read that book as well because he uses lots of like business examples does, of people yeah. who I just love his style, of, mate. And yeah. Then I read Obstacle is the way, um, and then there's another one. Stillness is the key. Yeah, like I love his style. I find it really easy to read and digest. Yeah, some books I pick up, and I'll be honest, like it's effort, isn't it? You read a yeah. page, and there's the long words. I'm not. <laughs> I never went to school. I haven't got a yeah. PhD in English. Like yeah, I hate long words as well. So I just kind of I need it. Well, I need it just in real terms. It needs to be real. Yeah. Just digestible. And that's the short stories. Like that's how you remember the stuff that mm -hmm. you like learn. Like, cause I could, I could easily just say to you, oh, Ty, having an ego is not that good, by the way. And you'd be like, yeah, I fucking know that. Yeah. Like you would have known before that ego wasn't like a desirable trait for people to have, but it's the way that these people, they tell stories, they make it relevant. They make it memorable because you go through a journey of what this 
like there's probably their stuff about like Bill Gates or something, yeah, yeah. the enemy stuff like that. And and they'd peel back the layers of w the different parts of that trait. Yeah. Which is, the, which is the bit you wouldn't really know unless you get yourself educated in it. Like yeah. if you read up about it, ironically. Yeah. Um, another book I thought was really, really good because I felt it was one of the more realer ones was The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben... What's his surname? The Hard Thing About Hard Things, it's called. He's a Silicon Valley tech millionaire. Okay. But he the book is not about... It's not like... And he says it straight from the off. This isn't me telling you, do this and you'll be really good. This is me telling you the actual real shit. Like, yeah. how the hell are you going to pick who to make redundant? How yeah. the hell are you going to size? How the hell are you going to raise money? Your missus is leaving you because you're not earning. You know, like all the kind of stuff that... Okay. So it's a really... If you haven't checked, you should check it out because the self-help books generally are almost like best case scenarios. None of them yeah. are telling you the tough bits. And he's actually made it his journey and he's written a whole book about the hard things yeah. in business. And, and you can relate it to life. Not like... Not the fluffy stuff. Yeah, not romanticising no. the fact like, guys, if you just learned code, you're going to Silicon Valley, your life would be so easy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's none like of that. you fall into traps, you no. work too hard, your fucking wife will go on cheating you with a personal trainer. Yeah. Like, it's just all yeah. of that kind of stuff that just happened because people get obsessed. He talks about the stuff he fucked up, you know, because he had no management experience or he, he'd never been a director of a company. Mm -hmm. You know, like, some of the stuff in there that I, I've really related to because I was young didn't really know what I was doing, to be yeah. completely honest. Do I know what I'm doing now? Probably not. No. But people just believe in what I say because I say it with some confidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, still like, a blagger. <laughs> yeah, like to an extent, mate. Like everyone's winging it, aren't they? Yeah. Really? Oh, mate, 100%. I'm got... Mate, <laughs> I have just had like intro music started. It might be in this episode. It probably won't be though because I, I don't have a fucking clue what I'm doing. Like I still well, edit on them garage fancy bits in the beginning before it goes yeah, into your yeah 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 because I was like I've almost oh, got hundred episodes like I I should definitely have intro music by now but like, I don't know what I'm doing people are like, oh how do you do this I'm like mate I don't know I, I how just... do you normally record at home in the bedroom yeah yeah just with an iPhone or you got kit oh no I've got I've got like got decent kit. recording yeah, yeah, yeah I just basically I saw the um, microphones Joe Rogan had last year spent like. I think it was like 500 quid. I think mm -hmm. I just painted my uncle's house for like a grand for a week. And that was the, all the money that I had coming in. I was like, right, half of that's going on recording equipment. It's fair play. I and love then that. just sat there in love my bedroom that. on a laptop, got like, an, like a loan from my parents for a laptop, which I've had to like pay back now, which is great because they supported it. But I've still mm -hmm. been just every bit of money I've had over the last like year has just gone into like stuff for the podcast. And I still don't have a fucking clue. But oh, like, you know that. how there are people out there like, right, I don't know how to do this. I'll do this course on YouTube or I'll go and do this course. I don't know anything about sound. All of this stuff here in this lovely studio, uh, shout out to the podcast labs, by the way, for having us. I don't know about any of this stuff. Yeah, I've got a clue. Those things, those blue things there, I've got two of them because my sound started cracking. Those blue things. Those blue things, yeah, they're sure called they've cloud lifters. <laughs> 180 quid each. Wow. It's so expensive, all the sound stuff. So I probably should learn how to do it. But I'm not. I've come this far. I don't. I'm not that bothered. I'm not interested in it. I, I I like the way you've done it, though, mate. Like, whenever I launch something or want to do a new project, I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself for it to be like a hundred percent from the yeah. off. And that's probably like quite a good takeaway I've got over the last year is that actually just get on with it. Like, start it. Yeah. Every like any big company you look at now or you idolize, any big businessman, any big brand, yeah. Look at where they started. Yeah. It's terrible for the first however many, you know. Have you ever heard of Rob Moore? 
I feel I have, but I can't think he's why. He's got like um, the name some it. entrepreneurial podcast. He's written a few books, has loads of money in property. Yeah. Um, and there's a thing that he has called Start Now, Get Perfect Later. Yeah. And it's a book and it's just loads of short chapters about little things that he's done throughout his career. And at the end of every chapter, it's like, start now, get perfect later. And that's just the way I think. I'm like, right, if anything I want to do, I'm just going to chuck it out there. Because there's so many people that like want to start a podcast. We spoke about this the other day, mm. actually, with your podcast about like getting the people down. Um, I was putting pressure on myself. Putting the pressure on because you want to you maintain this like standard. Yeah. And... And we haven't also, been able to launch it because of it. Yeah. It was meant to launch in January. We're now where? We're in May. Yeah. Got three episodes recorded. The other three, I couldn't get the guests down because of lockdown. They're coming from other sites. And I just won't, that's what I'm saying. I've built this thing up in my head that it's got to launch at this level. Yeah. A level that I've man-made as well. It's not a real yeah. level. No one really gives a shit. No. I could launch them three episodes and, and do a few on my own and it would probably be fine. But yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> and people, people don't give a shit. That's, that's the key point from that. It's like, I promise episodes every Monday and Thursday, and they I'm never real out. <laughs> I'm on. A, I'm in a real habit at the moment of breaking that promise, and it's good practice for me of not being hard on myself. Because like last night, I could have sat down for an hour on Sunday night when I got back from London at like nine o'clock at night and just snipped a few bits together for an episode. And I was like, actually no, I'm not not going to do it. I'm going to practice letting myself down a little bit and not giving a shit. And it's nice to do that sometimes. The, the moment anything i feel becomes a chore you you fall out of love with it mm. whether that's a relationship you know whether that's like you really enjoy your podcast because mm. it's kind of on your terms oh yeah it's completely yeah so this is the thing like obviously which you said about joe rogan he's just sold to whoever Spotify. he sold to yeah. about many million all of a sudden a dynamic will change yeah because someone now is expect something's expected of him he's got some responsibilities yeah whereas prior to that Probably was just calling people in, smoking weed, and having a bit of fun. Yeah, I think I think he's done it in such a way as like he would never have signed a deal unless they're like freedom. We just want exclusivity. Mm. You run everything, and I think that's kind of what it is because he he's basically just had to not worry about whether he's going to lose sponsors or something like that. So he's had the money. There's no sponsors in the podcast anymore. He still has to like control who's coming in. That Jamie guy's still on the laptop. Yeah, and yeah. They, they still run everything, and then they just send the file to Spotify. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, I, I would, I couldn't get managed. I like, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not manageable. Unmanageable. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's quite a good thing sometimes because it's forced me to have to find something to do for myself. Like, if you asked me three years ago, like, what I was going to do, like, when I was older or when I grew up, and I'm like, I'll, I'll have something of my own. And they're like, what? I'm like, I, I don't know, but I'll, like, I have to have something because I get bitey with managers. I remember once I, I won an incentive when I was in sales and I, I was going to go to like Ascot or something. And I, I just couldn't really be asked to go. So I, I booked to go to this jiu-jitsu competition instead and I didn't tell the manager because I didn't really like him. I couldn't be asked for the conflict. And I was telling my mate about it who was also on there. And he was like, oh shit, yeah, I need to tell him I can't go either. So he called him over, he told him. And then I was like, oh yeah, um, I, I can't go either. He goes, oh, when were you thinking of telling me? I was like, well, I'm fucking telling you now. Yeah, and I just get real bitey with my attitude, and like it's it's not good. Like working office, there's no there's no point being rude to people. But I just I can't, I can't help it. I hate being so you managed. Take I hate out of that being situation. controlled. Like my dad comes to my like door every morning. So like, what are you doing today? I'm like, why are you asking me? <laughs> like, are you my like, are you my manager now? No, like, I'm your dad. Yeah, and and I, and I say it to him often. I'm like, I'm sorry for snapping. I just like I don't know what I'm doing today. 
I have the privilege of being my own boss. I get to decide when I decide when I'm doing something. I don't mm. want the external pressure of someone saying, oh, what are you doing today? And it's weird. And I need to work on it. But yeah, it's odd. Yeah, it is interesting that. My old man always had a funny ethos. He Well, no, a great one, actually. He used to say, when I'd like ask him like dad i'm thinking about doing this or if i'd like walk on eggshells around where i didn't know where he's going to think of me or, or, or yeah. want me to do or not do he always used to say son when you're making any decisions about your future about anything pretend me and your mum are not around yeah if we passed away he said god forbid you know like tomorrow mm. what would you do to survive yeah. and and i and in my head i'd go all right i know what i'll do he said do that yeah like do that because everything else is a bonus. Yeah. If you've I've heard if, that concept before, it's like live as if your father was dead or something. Because then you're not thinking about making him proud. You're not thinking about all these other things, in, like in, the pressures. Because that's what I, I always were like, like, I'm his only child. I'm an only yeah. child. <laughs> you know, they had one. So yeah. it's like, sometimes I feel a lot of pressure there. And he, and you can also, there's a lot of time and love and effort that's gone into to yeah. my upbringing as well. Like yeah. more than, you know, if we had one meal, they wouldn't eat and I'd eat. You know, yeah. like the, that kind of family, like they'd go hungry so I could eat. Yeah. So it's like, I always had that pressure. I want to make him proud. I want to make him proud. But he always used to say to me, just do what you would do as if me and your mum didn't exist. How yeah. would you survive? Whatever that is, do it. Don't yeah. be embarrassed or don't feel like you're going to let me down, whatever. He said, I'm proud of you no matter what sort of thing. And I just, I feel like that almost like letting you off the leash, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's, that's interesting. Your dad sounds like a legend, by the way. He is a legend. Um, yeah. I wouldn't have said that when I was 15, but like yeah. now looking back. Well, you realize it, don't you, at a certain <laughs> yeah. stage? Like yeah. people think that their parents have this pressure on them, but if they actually spoke to them and asked them, like it probably wouldn't be the case. No. If you actually sat them down and said, hey, like this is how I feel you think, they'd be like, what? No. No, I don't think that at all. You've made that up. Yeah. Because we make up these things in our heads all the time. It's it's mad. So what, what other... Um, Moving on from that, what other books have you sort of read that have changed? Actually, I'm going to restart that question. Ooh. Going back into, because obviously today is the 17th of May or whatever day it is. Yeah. And Halo's opening back up today. It like is. The, the, the scene for your work is going back up. Is there anything you feel that you're going to be doing differently from stuff that you've read now that you're heading back into the what business question? So, Yes. What I would like, from a personal perspective, what I would like to try and keep a hold of is this awareness that I've managed to build over the year, like looking after myself, the fitness, the reading. You know, I, I want to mm. try and still make time in my diary, as I said to you. When yeah. I go back to full hock, like June 21st, if it all happens, will be when my life is back to its like crazy self. Yeah. At that point, I'd like to hold on to some of those key things I've done. Um, I'd like to carry on the outdoor walks, carry on checking in with friends and family, you know, like yeah. all the stuff that we normally would pretend we didn't have enough time. Um, with work, with the team, try and get them even more like a family. Like we try and push that ethos anyway. Like we're yeah. quite an informal place to work. Um, mm. We're quite relaxed, but just try and bring everyone together. There's there's loads. It's hard probably like spitballing now, but there's a lot of things in my head that I want to implement into work. And I actually yeah. can't, can't wait to get stuck back in but with the same breath i said to you the other day the more i read and the more aware i get it sometimes has a bit of a negative effect do yeah. you remember what you're saying because i'm yeah. now questioning like if something isn't done correctly in a normal business world that person would be 
not had a go at, but sort of like not disciplined either, but sort of said, look, that's incorrect. Needs to be done like this. Yeah. Whereas now the, the books have made me aware, like they've done the best they could do. Should I be having a go at them about that? Yeah. Like, should I be praising them? Yeah. Do you know like there's a book I read, I can't remember what it is, but he talks about how we, in the workspace, we shouldn't tell people off for experimenting or trying new things. Otherwise they're never going to yeah. try new things. If they're too scared, they're never going to be creative, right? Yeah. You want Simon, Simon Sinek. Yes. Yeah. He said something about that. We're killing, like in a workplace, if, if the manager at the club wants to run a promo for a certain drink on a certain night, he shouldn't be afraid that if that doesn't work, we're going to hammer him and take away yeah. his bonus and take away his wages and make him live yeah. on the street. He should be able to try it and we praise him if it fails or if it works. Yeah. Because that's how you then grow as a unit. Yeah, that's the innovation, isn't it? Like That's then like, right, we're going to try this. And you probably know yourself, Like maybe you try things five times, four of them don't work, and the fifth one's an absolute banger, and then you found the thing that you're going to do for ages. And I've lost more than I've won. Yeah. Genuinely, hand on my heart. Someone asked me that the other day. And people wouldn't think that, would they? They'd be like, oh, he's fucking, he's made some good decisions. But obviously you've made some you, shit decisions. You always <laughs> get that. You always get that. Yeah, you, oh, oh, he... um. He's had it easy. Have I though? Have yeah. you listened to my story? He's he's he was lucky. Yeah, I was lucky. The harder I work, the luckier I get. Mm. It's amazing. You should try it. Yeah. <laughs> you do know what I mean? Like yeah. they just don't they don't want to hear it though. Yeah. They don't want to hear it. It's it's but I, I also those type of people when we had this we were chatting about when we were having a coffee the other day, I just smile and wave at them now. So previously my ego wouldn't allow that. If yeah. someone come and said something or did something, I'd get really angry about it. And even my missus says, like now, like you're so chilled, like You've got so much going on and you're you're so relaxed. You're a nutter. How are you so relaxing amongst all this stress? Yeah. And I said, because I've just taken a step back and I'm analysing everything step by step. How like, good's that? Whether I stress or not, is it going to change the outcome? No. Yeah. What am I stressing about? Like, it, I almost wind myself up. I'm becoming this like, weird tree hugger, but like without <laughs> hugging the tree. Yeah. <laughs> and one of my mates was bantering me the other day on the phone, like going, oh, what are you going to do, mate? You're like a hippie now. <laughs> and I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. See that tree I'm hugging? I'm going to rip it off and smash you around the head with it. That's, yeah, what, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm going to do. But like, it's just, it's changed my life, mate. I control the controllables, anything else. I just, and that's what I'm going to apply it to work. Mm. If I can't control that, I can't control COVID. I can't control X, Y, and Z. What's the point of stressing about it? Yeah. It's so, it's like, it's easier said than done. It takes like one of those like slow down years to be like, fuck, I'm actually I would never have now. found that Ed, yeah. in my whole life. What I've just said there, I would have never have found that awareness if it wasn't for COVID. Yeah. Because I was so pigeonholed, mate, in like a... Yeah. Isn't that I wanted great? the jet, the plane, the house. The, like, what I was aiming for was what a load of bollocks. Like, yeah. And now you want a library, <laughs> like you were saying just before. Yeah, like, as I said before this, like, in the old, I wanted a mass. I still want, I still want, obviously still want things. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I don't want to live in a cardboard box on the street. But yeah. whereas before, like, I wanted a garage of loads of cars to not drive and just look at and to say I've got them. I yeah. might want a social space now where my friends can come and chill and a library. Yeah. Or like a, do you know what I mean? That kind of like learning immersive experience i don't, just don't think there's anything that rivals it yeah just really. being able to like even with the events we put on now i'm going to be actively looking at like experience i do that anyway mm. like before we put on any event say like the anthony joshua one or something at lighthouse i would walk with the team from the beginning i've got this thing i do it at the club as well before we open i'd be like right i'm the customer i've come up 
like there's four of you. Mm. What, what am I doing now? Who's guiding me? This person will be like, right, I'd tell you now to go here. Right, I've gone in, I need a toilet. Where's a toilet? Where's a sign? Where do I sit? How do I know where to sit? Who, okay. Where do I ask this question to? So we like almost visualize that customer journey because the more you can understand about people's behavior, and it sounds weirdly controlling, the more you can manipulate it. Yeah. In a good way. If we can understand it, we can deliver what they want. Yeah, yeah exactly. To an extent. You yeah. can't, you know, what's that Chinese proverb? Um, to break the rules first, you must master them. Ah. There's, there's something like that. To, to be able to break the rules first, you must learn them all, like master them. So yeah. if we can master our craft, then we know at what points we can move stuff around and, and change yeah. bits and, and, and innovate disrupt and disrupt the market yeah. and make it work. Yeah, I like that. Um, that's, that is something we're generally quite good at. We've got an amazing team, like years of wealth of knowledge in that club. Yeah. Like some of the team, you know, one of them's like the youngest general manager she was for a PLC nightclub group. The other one like worked at Sony, did lived in IB for loads of stuff. The other one mm. was a DJ, became operator, like huge operational skills. They're, they're amazing, those mm. people around me. Are you going to start a book club with them? I actually tried to, I was going to do a book club about, before I met you, to be fair, yeah. probably about six months ago. Um, me and two mates were chatting about loads of books and stuff. I thought, should we do one? But it's just... One, I didn't know how to start it. I didn't really yeah. know what it is either. And I just sort of thought, <laughs> yeah. oh, wait. Because that's, that's what I want to do. I book want club. to like, well, obviously. What do I've, you do in a book club? What is a book club? Just chat about the book, chat about the Because like you read a book, you'll get a different thing from it that I get from it. And you yeah. just chat about but it. But what, like, is oh. there like loads of you that come together? You all read the same book in the same period and then chat about that book? Yes. Well, I, I do it on a monthly thing with Patreon, which everyone should sign up to now, by the way. It's patreon.com forward slash you need to read. It's only three ninety nine. It's so cheap. And you get to see me talk. Um, what a delight. <laughs> <laughs> but I like just once a month, I'll go on Zoom. I'll chat about it for like 20 minutes. Then I'll just spit some questions out of people as if they were on the podcast. So they can tell me their ideas. Got you. And it's it's about like, the, it's just trying to like build a community of people. So people that can't stick to their reading know that by this particular day, they have had to have read like one book. And it's always a book that you can read by 10 pages a day in a month. Yeah. And that's not difficult for people to do. If they turn up to the Zoom or don't, then it, it doesn't really matter. They've got skin in the game, so they're going to finish the book. Yeah. And yeah. I'm always trying to make sure the books are going to be useful but what i want to do is like go into businesses and be like if you get all of your managers to read this particular book and sit down once a month to read these books you're like i can't give you statistics on how much your business will grow but i can just guarantee it will and the annoying thing is i would need to have statistics of their like how it would improve yeah, it yeah no one's just going to bring me into it and i just go in there and i start swearing and tell them about these books and it's the annoying thing because obviously like i'm a human being so i do want money i want money because it gives me the freedom to do what i want mm -hmm. and i know if i just went into corporations they'd probably give me 500 quid for an hour because they've got their yeah, wellness budgets yeah they would yeah and it's easy and it's easy for me to do that and i can it's just how you sell it to them because... and it'll pay back the dividends but it's just about being I need to kind of do it as like a case study somewhere as like, just go in somewhere, run it for them, tell them what to do, or just go and say, this is what you need to do. Cause it's stuff that they don't think of. Everyone in, in business is like thinking, right, we need to get from a to B. These are the systems that we need to improve. They don't want to know that like, if you in between a and B gave five of their staff a book that they read and then discussed with each other, 
the ideas that would come from B to C would be wildly different. Very interesting concept. I've just, the reason I'm smiling is I'm thinking if I walked into Halo tomorrow and said to the 20 members of staff that are in there, right, guys and girls, you read will read this book and in six weeks we're going to sit and chat through it. Yeah. Well, they, well, they, they probably wouldn't like doing it, but it would be. Yeah, I'm going to try it. I'm, I'm at Halo after this. We've yeah. got a manager's meeting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go and say, I'm going to bring something in, a new culture. We're going to read once yeah. a month. Yeah. Just like just like five, ten pages a day, they'd be able to do it. They'd probably tell me to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> so I was speaking to someone the other day and he works for Virgin Media and there's a book called Surrounded by Idiots that has like your personality I've types. I've heard of that, yeah. On, on their emails, they have which personality type colour they are so they know who they're dealing with so they wow. know how to speak to each other. Yeah, I and like it's that. like minor details like that, I like that must have such an impact. And like the way he was talking about it, Virgin's a great place to work. I'm like, it must all come from Richard Branson. Like from from the very start, he must have been like, right, these are the details that are going to make it work. He would have heard about this personality type. I'm like, right, that makes sense. And then he implements yeah, it. That is interesting. I've actually got his autobiography still on the shelf, gathering dust. Yeah, I need to read it. I haven't I haven't touched it yet. Yeah, but I like such I know, a thick book, isn't it? Yeah, they're all <laughs> like, big thick books. Scare me still. Yeah, like me, I, I, I won't I won't pick it up because I've. I've probably got another like 70 books at my house that are smaller than that, easier to read, and probably ideas that I am interested in yeah, as well. Yeah, that's, that's the key for me. If I pick a book up and within like just the first paragraph or the back page is kind of where I want to read, I'm interested. Yeah. But some of them I feel like you've you got to force yourself to read them. Yeah. I've well, like if you, um, what would be good for nightclub staff? You've got to think of like the marketing and stuff like that. If you yeah, just marketing, for... customer service, like team, team sort of team culture. like collaborate. So, well, there's a good book I think you should read anyway. It's called The Culture Code. And one of my mates, code, um, right? he runs like a pretty big, it's called like London Shared. Yeah. And they just rent rooms out in London. He said like that was the best and like most helpful book for his I'll have a look management of staff. Mm -hmm. And it's just about. For him or for them? For for both. Okay. So for his like ideas of management and then the culture he then created after reading that was just stuff that he hadn't thought of before. And Got he recommended you. it to me ages ago. And I haven't read it, but I I've seen the success that he has mm. and like the kind of lifestyle he has, because he's got that mad business, but also chills out, like we'll go to jujitsu in the daytimes, yeah. does stuff in the evenings, has dogs, goes for walks, like has it from what i can see quite well put together he's like a mental health ambassador yeah. does like coaching stuff in his spare time for people like he has it all put together so i'm like that's a pretty good recommendation i haven't fucking read it but yeah i'll check it out i uh i looked at the Remind reviews yeah <laughs> good um, reviews yeah really good reviews but like if you gave your staff surrounded by idiots mm. for example even if they didn't read the whole book, they could read the first 50 pages, get an understanding of the dissonant personality types, mm. be able to deal with them and like recognize that in customers. So like when there's someone who's like a red personality type, which is very like straight to the point, doesn't like fluffing stuff up. And then when they say to them, oh, vodka, Coke, please. It's not that they're being rude. It's just like, that's how they, that's, that's how they yeah. would like to be dealt with. So yeah. you just go, yeah. That, that book sounds really intriguing for me anyway, because I, I, think about that when I meet someone as well. Yeah. Like very quickly, like I sort of think, you know, there's people around me that can be a bit like that short. And when they meet someone else, that person will come up to me and go, God, they're a bit rude. I'm like, no, they're not rude. 
Yeah. They're like that to their mum and dad. Yeah. That, that's their personality. That's how they are. If you stop taking it emotionally, have an emotional reaction to what they're saying and just yeah. take what they're saying as what they're saying, you'll get on with them perfectly. Yeah. They're, they're loyal. They're this, they're that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But, and it's not that they don't give a shit. No. It's just like, for them, it's like, oh, well, if there was something wrong with them, they would have told me. Yeah. Because that's how they think. If there's something wrong with them, they tell someone. And everyone thinks the Minimum waste of energy as well, isn't it? For maximum yeah. rewards. Yeah, Some yeah. people's kind of brain is wired like that. Yeah. And you I see, fluff things up. They just say it straight to the well, point. Well, you're, so you're, you're, you're a yellow personality type, which is just like you're I'm excited. Gonna yeah, I'm going to read this you like, um, I'm going to give it to the team because we, we do try and pilot new things. Like we're one of the first clubs in the area to do uh, mental health training with our staff. Yeah. Obviously, I'm an ambassador for Dorset Mind, but we did like a to for them so they could see signs of when their colleagues were suffering or whatnot. Yeah. Obviously, the nightclub industry, you know, which is one of the reasons why I got into doing sort of mental health awareness is rife with drinking drugs. Yeah. Doesn't help your mental health. No. <laughs> at all, in the slightest. Yeah. And I thought, like, I'm in an industry where notoriously no one talks about it. Yeah. Boxing, nightclubs, festivals, but everyone suffers from it. Yeah. Or struggles with it. So I thought, if I talk about it myself my yeah. experiences lead from the front then it might sort of get other people to yeah that was kind of the mindset anyway three four have you years seen ago. it kind of catching on because how yeah. long have you been working with dorset mine now it's been quite a while three years or four years i think three or four yeah massively catching on massively yeah. and i actually say this sometimes um when i have my chats with them that some of the posts i put up um there's people that comment publicly you'll have the same yeah and there's people that inbox you but some of the people that inbox me, obviously, whatever the inbox me is between me and them, it's always private. Yeah. But some of the people that inbox me and tell me what they've been through are literally the last person I would ever expect. Yeah. Like, I, I follow them as an idol, some of them. Yeah. And I'm sort of thinking, like, wow, you look like you've got it all sorted on Instagram. You look like you've got yeah. a happy life. You look like this. But when they open up, I think, like, fair play. But yeah. I don't think they would open up if I didn't, if they didn't feel comfortable with me. Yeah. So I have to set that tone, don't I? Yeah. Well, it's like uh, as soon as you show a bit of like yourself, that vulnerability, people feel more comfortable around you because they're like, oh, fucking hell. Like, Ty's this big, like, tough club yeah. owner. But well, that's kind of how it started. Yeah. And that's, that's such a cool thing to be able yeah. to do. Like, I'm getting, I'm like, jumping out of a, a really fancy sports car dressed in all the gear that they all want to be in and suddenly then going, I ever that hurt my feelings a little bit. Like, yeah. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Is this guy all right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then actually they think, shit, we had that out and now we're, we're cool. Like it's, yeah. we've had a hug and a cry and a chat, whatever, like openly and honestly, and everything feels better. Yeah. Otherwise there's this tension in the air. And I try it with some of the local, it doesn't always work, but some of the local thugs and stuff that like maybe yeah. cause trouble at the club and that I'd meet the next morning to sort of, peace if you know what i mean yeah. like a like a a bit of a it does happen sometimes not not like the films but yeah uh, but some like in the old days i'd meet them with tons of ego yeah and it'd be like a, a who's got a bigger who's got a bigger day yeah, yeah like yeah. match up whereas now i go in completely and i and i almost mind fuck them yeah because i go in and i tell them what why I think they've done what they've done. And it's normally nine out of 10 correct because I've read the book, Ego's the Enemy. Yeah. So I say, look, I'm aware that this person done this and you feel like you've got to do that because otherwise your status and you know, like all this yeah. kind of... And they're looking at me thinking, and I said, it's fine. I've been there. I used to do it. It's cool. Don't do it again. We're cool, sort of, and then it's all of a sudden, they're, they're just disarmed. Yeah. They don't want to try and rip my head off or rip the doorman's head off. They're relaxed. 
they think, shit, this guy actually understands us. Yeah. He respects that we felt like that, even though we've disrespected him in yeah. the thing. And the whole dynamic changes. Well, because you validated their feelings. So they, they feel heard and they feel seen. And that is... if But like the root of their feelings, not even yeah. like the surface. Yeah. If, if someone has quite a large ego, if they don't feel heard or seen, that's the worst thing for them. Because... Mm even if it's the wrong stuff that they're saying and the wrong like image that they're putting out there, they still want that listened to and they still still want that seen. So when you come in and be like, oh yeah, basically I see through the bullshit. This is what I'm assuming is going on here. This is how you must be feeling. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, can I cry? Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's really mad. And at the end of the day, like, they're all humans. Every, we're yeah. all humans. We all have emotion. If we, you know, it's good to have emotion. Mm. You shouldn't try and overcome emotion. Otherwise yeah. you'd be a robot. Yeah. You should learn to understand the emotion and learn how to sort of manage it and deal yeah. with it as opposed to, so for them, you know, them boys and girls, they're all, anyone that's whatever, causing a bit of trouble in nightclubs or whatever they're doing, they're all the same. They all have the same mindset as us. Mm. Their, their upbringing, their paths has brought them to a slightly different outcome. Yeah. Ultimately, mate, everyone wants to sleep at night. Yeah, comfortably. Everyone wants to smile, be happy, yeah. have food in their tummy. Do you know what I mean? Like it's. I remember, like whenever, whenever there was a fight in a club, or whenever I fought in a club, because like I used to be a bit of a dickhead. Like I, <laughs> everyone, I used to mate, fight in clubs, and it, it would, it would always stem from I would feel maybe emasculated by someone or yeah. something like that, and that would come, that would ignite an insecurity in me. Someone would bump and, into you, and they wouldn't say sorry, and I wanted to be the one that was the person that someone would say sorry to. So I'd just throw a punch straight away. And yeah. It's so, so stupid. And like, I wish I could grab my younger self and be like, don't fucking do that, you idiot. But really, that's not what I probably needed at the time. What I probably needed at the time was like, oh my God, are you all right? What's like, what is the root of this insecurity? Yeah. And I'm like, well, probably because I'm a bit more feminine than most other blokes. Mm. And that is like, that's why I needed to put on this bravado. A bit more sensitive, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh I was so sensitive. Still. I, I've always been a sensitive soul, generally. Yeah. Like, if you, speak to anyone from my school days as much as I might have wanted to act a certain way I always have been quite yeah. in touch with my emotions like quite sensitive and probably one of the reasons why I, as you said might have acted a certain way to try and cover that yeah. up did you um was it you... cool back in the day was it no no <laughs> did you um did you used to cry when you got angry in school um, or stuff like that yeah but not never never in public yeah so can't... I wouldn't show that weakness yeah Oh, I thought it was. I wouldn't yeah, yeah, show yeah. what I thought was weakness. Let me rephrase yeah, that. It's not yeah, weakness. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't show because at the time, what, fifteen years ago we were in school, that word mental health wasn't used. No. And if a if a boy cried, they were showing. Yeah. Oh, you're this. You're, you're that. Sort of gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, and that was kind of that was. Obviously, we've come a long way, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, yeah. Isn't it mad? So like, well, I don't know about schools anymore. I'm hoping it's not like that kind of like homophobia. Of just oh, go like, it wasn't a thing. 10 years ago obviously no. it was and it was upsetting people but no one really knew about it and I wasn't compassionate enough at the time to acknowledge that as a thing yeah and, neither was I and, but, but it's actually we didn't know we didn't understand didn't know people are capable of change right like yeah. there's no point getting upset over how he behaves or what cool people when we were younger because well, we can't fucking change it all you yeah, can absolutely. do is act within your like the guidelines of your values now yeah which I mean they seem to be pretty on point yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're. Um, but I used to cry when I got angry. That was yeah. the thing. So I would snap. So a lot of anger, go, that. Yeah. Or is it guilt? Mine was like anger. Like I used to have a big anger issues when I was younger. I, I remember having a fight with my cousin once, 
and he was like, well, I think we're fighting over a Pokemon card. <laughs> 18. <laughs> Last year. Um, <laughs> I think it was a shiny Charizard or something. Oh, yeah. It would have been. It big boy card. Been. Yeah, big boy <laughs> card. And uh, he was like, we were so opposites because I had all this anger, like you said, mm. and I'd like pummel him and he'd laugh. Yeah. That was his his way of dealing with it. With it was smile oh, and laugh and like, like the Joker. Yeah, wind you up even more. And I get to the point where I'm whacking him or we're fighting in the bedroom. He's he's laughing at me, and then I'd eventually start crying yeah. whilst fighting him because I just couldn't get the anger out. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, that's why. But he was so chilled, and he's yeah. still so chilled. It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> should have taken a leap out of his book then. <laughs> yeah, just start laughing and stuff. I think that's the thing is I just don't really get that angry anymore. No, and I if don't. I ever have that kind of emotion sharp, I'm like, how interesting is that that I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? Um, which is is that with age? Do you reckon is that with is that with some insecurities that we had at that age that we now don't? I don't know. I think it do we does not understand co- our I think own it bodies comes with age, and I think with age comes awareness, and I'm like I'm curious about every feeling that shows up for me at the moment. So if it is anger, if it is frustration, if it's jealousy, like. I feel it. Oh, obviously, you can't turn yourself off to it. Otherwise, you're a robot, like you said earlier. Absolutely. Like You can't numb these things. But I'm It's more dangerous curious. to numb it. Yeah, I'm curious with it. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Why do I feel like that? And then within five or ten minutes, I've processed it. And I'm like, oh, mm. cool. That's weird. Yeah. hope that doesn't happen again. And then, obviously, it will at um, some point. That's one of the main reasons why in any sort of... Um, you always see with the mental health campaigns, they talk about talking. Mm. Talking. One of the reasons, obviously, you, you get it off your own chest. You're not bottling it up. Yeah. But actually, I've, I've found personally is when I talk to you and you question certain parts of what I'm saying, it's like a like a therapy session, isn't it? You're like peeling it back and then I almost understand myself. Oh, right. Yeah. Maybe I did feel like that because of that. And, and you're sort, kind of like dealing with it as you're talking about it. Yeah. I always notice like sometimes I'll write stuff down in my journal or I'll be speaking to someone. I'm like, hold on. I didn't even fucking think that. Mm. I when keep you, doing that you, in a journal. And like when you give yourself a moment, a... you're like, what? Oh, that's sick. I don't think the way that I think I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. That's what I mean. Like you almost, it's like a like the awareness is, is you're so aware that you're kind of then questioning yourself. Yeah. Even when I'm talking to you, I'll say something now. And then as I'm saying, I think, did I mean it like that? No, I didn't mean it like that. I meant it yeah. like this. Come out wrong. Yeah, I always think now, like, I, I dread to think some of the stuff that I said at the start of this podcast, and it was only a year ago, because I know I'm such, like, I'm a different person every single day. You've got 100 episodes in a year, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, good just going. over a year. What's the date today? 17th of 17th. May. Yeah, so I started on the 4th or 5th of April. It's my birthday in two days. Oh. What book are you going to send me? So I'll think of one. Give me a dress after this. <laughs> Amazon, Amazon Prime will come tomorrow. I'll have to give like a nickname or something. So you know it's from me. <laughs> Amazon Prime, yeah. I'll have worked it out. 33 I'm going to be. 33. That's an angel number. Is you it? manifest on an angel number. I don't know. I don't I'm know not, if that's real. I've not read it <laughs> You might as well. You might Bizarrely, as well. I've actually never read, I said to you in this car park, I've actually never read a, a business book. Yeah. The only one I've read is... um the hard thing about hard things but i felt it wasn't that business related it was more like dealing with hard stuff with, with life yeah within your business i didn't i didn't like books about money i didn't like books about business and stuff like that because i kind of just like resented rich dad it. poor dad was that rich, business? yeah uh, mm. i don't know i don't even think it really counts anymore that because like in the 1980s 
fucking different times. Yeah. You could you could get multiple you could get mortgages for multiple properties with a like coupon from cereal boxes yeah, you could, back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Now there's so many hoops to jump through, it's just not quite the same. Um but like the business books I've read, I've like Shoe Dog, I think is brilliant. I've got That's that on just, my shelf. I haven't started it. Like it's a great one to listen to if you need like a new one to listen to. Maybe I'll listen to stuff because um, just his whole story is just amazing. And you're like, wow, that would never work if he had that idea nowadays. Really? Yeah. And like his management, people would have quit. People wouldn't have worked with him because he wasn't that good of a manager. But it worked back then because that's how people were kind of wired back then to take on board that stuff. But like, you can't treat people the way that he treated people you, nowadays. You, it goes back to what we said earlier though. You didn't have any reference point to compare it to back then. Yeah. If you thinking 20, 30, 40 years ago, yeah. you couldn't go on Instagram and hear Karen moaning about what was going on in her workplace. Yeah. Know. Yeah, exactly. Like there isn't anything to compare. So you just presumed yeah. that's how life is. Yeah. That's how it feels to be a, a, I don't know, a factory worker for Nike, or well, that's how it feels to be. Yeah. Well, that's it. There's an interesting thing about Nike is that, like, they're actually, well, when they got caught out for having all these factories, mm. they actually came out and were like, well, we can't pay these people anymore because we've had letters from the government of those countries saying, stop paying your staff so much because you're like affecting our inflation rates because people that work in a factory are earning more than doctors. So everyone just wants to go and work in the factory wow. and we're not having enough doctors. So they have to pay these. It's it's such a fascinating book. Wow. Um, and then I, I listened to the That Will Never Work, which is the Netflix guy. Yes, yeah. And it's interesting to like see... That's a bit more of a modern of, thing. Yeah, to see in the mic. But even then, that was like 1997. They started that. I didn't that, it was that early. Because it was DVDs by post. But before that, his ideas were personalised dog food, loads of these weird like personalised shampoo by mail, all of these weird ideas that were shit and everyone kept saying to him, that'll that never work. work. Yeah, that'll never work. Yeah. And then it was um, going to be VHS by mail was a rental thing, but it was too much. And when DVDs came out, he was like, these fit in the letter. We're doing it. And then they just jumped straight into it. When did you hear about Netflix? I think it was called Love Film at some point. Oh, um, you were right at the beginning then? Yeah, I think I used to get them. But this was still probably 2007, 2008. You get like two or three DVDs in the post every month. And then you just send them back. And it was bolted on to Amazon at the time. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm quite new to all that too, fair. It's mental. And that like that was an alright book. But some business books I just find are a bit wanky. For yeah. Want of a better word. And 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 they're like start from hardship and finish really good. They're like a fairy tale. Yeah, yeah. It's all they're the almost same. like a fairy one tale. Red, yeah. yeah, red one, that, red them all. Like that's probably why I never can slight get into them. Yeah. If you know what I mean. But like some of the other style books that we're talking about, they I find as I'm reading a chapter, I pause, which is mad. I then go back, sometimes read it again. I highlight it. I take a photo, read it the next day. I save it in my favorites and I read it once a month. That yeah. one thing. That's good. It, I, it question, I question myself. Yeah. You know, I might read that and then nearly have a bust up with the missus about something stupid and then go, yeah. actually... I don't need to do this because this, this, and this. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? Well, that's that's the crazy thing about reading. You're like, oh my god. I now know not like how not to be pissed off with life, which is a great thing. When what what would the world look like though if everyone had that same awareness? Oh, it'd be like, fucking insane. Would it though? It would be so hippie. Yeah, but would that? 
you know, are we, are we live, yeah, this is, this is what I'm saying. Yin, yang, everything yes. needs a balance. Yes. Out. You need dickheads and you need nice people. If suddenly we all had slippers on and the money concept was gone and everyone yeah. lived like hunter-gatherers from the sapien days. It would just, we, we'd evolve again. But back to where we were. Well, yeah, bit, yeah, we'd, we'd come to back to it. Every, everything would return to that point and probably beyond. It just, it wouldn't take long to get there because people naturally have this like inherent greed. People want more. Yeah. You always will want more. And the people that don't want more go and live in ashrams in like India. And there's not very many of them. Or, the, or some of them have already got it all. Yeah. From a, from a financial perspective. Yeah. If you look, it's generally like, and this is that kind of weird battle that you do get from people are, oh, it's easy for you to do a load of charity work. You've got loads of money. Or it's mm. easy for you to do this. You've got this. I don't know. You, no, know. you can do it. Like those people, they can do it now. I think so. I, I think I it's easy that. for you to say. It's like the worst thing people can say. Joe Rogan always talks about it. He's like, oh, that's easy for you to say. It's just, it's just shit. It's just an excuse. Yeah. You do get it a lot though. Like people will say it about me now. In terms of like podcasting and on the intro, I was like, oh, it's easy for you to say. I'm like, but it wasn't easy for me to say fucking eight months ago, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. When you didn't even have a laptop or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't easy for me to say when I was like ringing my mate up, buzzing that I'd earned 37 quid selling bookmarks that cost me 50 quid to get made. And I've still got about 18,000 at home. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, oh, it's, it's never easy for someone to say something. No, I hear you. I hear you. Which is mad. Which is a nice note to end on because we're running out of time. But what is the time? Eleven uh, fifty-seven. Yeah, three Fine. minutes to go. Ty, where can you do me your best freestyle rap? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Where where can people find you? <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say it was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, where can you find me? You can find me on Instagram at ty ty underscore tamel t e m e l or website tytamel.com basically me 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 at me yeah. loads of me um yeah any and of those places floating around mate. Bournemouth getting a coffee somewhere in the sea yeah nice well thank you so much for coming on mate it's thank been you, good mate. to chat to you good yeah, to get great. to know your story a bit more and uh hopefully obviously we understood that I just did this for us to be mates so hopefully we're there yeah nearly, nearly. you just gotta stop choking me out in jiu-jitsu <laughs> <laughs> sick I live with friends right we're done then peace Thanks, Well, thank you very much for listening to that episode. Hopefully it was insightful and hopefully got to know a little bit more about me and a little bit more about Ty. Obviously, if you want to find Ty, get on Instagram. There is far more that you can find from him, events that he'll be running over the summer, following his journey of self-development. Just go and have a look at it. It's, I love watching blokes that are over the age of 25 start taking shit like this seriously. I think it's so, so important. And obviously, that's why I just keep spreading the message. Now, if you want anything to do with me, head to at a need to read with the number two, not the word, on Instagram. If you want to get therapy, head to the link in the description. I think you should, and I don't even know you. So trust that if you want to. But that is it from me. You absolute legends. Love you, bye.